We have three readings today from Exodus, Mark, and John. First reading is from Exodus 20, verses 8 to 11. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Second reading is from Mark 2, verse 27. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for humankind and not humankind for the Sabbath. From John chapter 15, verse five. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Many of you know that a couple weeks ago we held our vacation Bible school here, which was quite the event. Um, and I have had the great privilege in the last couple years of leading the Bible adventure station for all of our elementary school kids. So what that meant is that every day we would have about 100 students rotating in groups of 25 throughout each of our stations. And in Bible adventures, uh, we had to have a new set in the room every day because we were telling a different story. And so we would use props and lights and we were running around and we were just telling the stories and we were talking about Jesus. Um, one of the days even we were telling the story of Zacchaeus and I took a tax from all the kids as they came in the door because Zacchaeus was a tax collector. So we had this big box and they just filled it with their shoes and their hats and their headbands and their name tags and like all sorts of stuff. And then we had to sort it all out and give it back to them at the end of every 20 minute rotation. Uh, so it was like wonderful chaos for five straight days. <laughs> Um, and then that week, you know, VBS would end at noon, and so I had other things that I was working on during the rest of the day. Um, a few afternoon or evening meetings that week, uh, some projects and things that I was working on for the women's retreat, and some upcoming small groups in the fall that we're going to hear about pretty soon. Um, I think our newsletter articles were due that Friday. And, like Matt and I even had uh, some nights planned with friends and family just to do like a game night or something like that. And so. By the time we got to Friday afternoon, I was exhausted <laughs> that week. Like, go home and fall asleep for three straight hours, kind of exhausted. Um, and I have to imagine that I was not the only one, because some of you who volunteered had to actually take your own kids home after being here at VBS for multiple hours. And so I applaud you. <laughs> you are amazing. And they were great things. They were all great things, right? I loved it. It was such a fun week. Um, we poured our heart and our soul and our energy into these kids and into this time, but it was a lot, right? And I don't think you have to work with kids necessarily to know what that kind of a busy week feels like, right? Sometimes we hit the end of a work week or a busy day and we just need a break. 
Like we need everything to slow down so that our brains and our bodies can catch up, whether that's like taking a nap or grabbing a glass of wine or a vacation, like who knows what it is, but sometimes it feels like we need to rest so that we are not running into our next week or our next day feeling like we're trying to function on empty, right? And my guess is that many of us feel like we don't actually get enough of that time where we can hit the pause button and just recenter and refill in the way that we need to or to the extent that we need to. Which is why today we're gonna talk about the spiritual practice of taking Sabbath. <laughs> so what is Sabbath? Why is this concept so important? I've noticed that it's not as common of a practice or even a term for Christians nowadays, but it was hugely defining for the people of God in Scripture and still is for many of our Jewish friends today. The Sabbath, or Shabbat as they say, is the seventh day of the week that is set apart as completely holy and dedicated to God. It's an entire day of sacred rest. No work, no errands, no to-do lists, just rest and worship one day every week. And it comes from this scripture passage um, that Gail just read for us from Exodus 20, which is one of the Ten Commandments that God gives to his people out, or after he's brought them out of Egypt and into the wilderness. And the Israelites were given this command to keep the Sabbath as a way of reflecting God's own activity. So for six days, God created all that existed. And then on the seventh day, after he pronounced it very good, he stopped and he rested. And so you too, he says, are to observe a day of rest. You'll work and create and buy and sell and tend your fields and produce everything that you need to produce for six days, and then you will stop. And that last day in your week will be a holy day where you just get to enjoy everything that you've created, all the work that's been done. You get to celebrate it with God. You stop all the doing and you can just be, right, with God and with each other. And you can trust that God has all things in hand, that he's gonna provide for you in that day, just like he did by giving them an extra day's worth of manna on that last day in the wilderness so that they did not have to collect on the seventh day. You take a Sabbath. And you may remember at the start of this year, Jared, our youth pastor, did an incredible job of walking us through Sabbath and the many places that this idea of Sabbath rest comes up across scripture. Um, if you haven't had the chance to hear his sermon, we have all of them recorded on our website, and I would highly recommend going back and listening to that. Uh, but today, at least for a time, I want to focus us on God's reasons for implementing or instituting this practice in the first place. Why exactly was the Sabbath so important? And why was it necessary for the people to take a full day every week for holy rest? Because over and over again in the Old Testament, and especially in the Torah, these first five books of scripture, we hear this command, this reminder that keeping a Sabbath is fundamental to the rhythm of the Israelites' days and weeks and worship. And it was a reflection of God's own creation. But that's just the first of many reasons that God gives for this holy Sabbath. In Exodus chapter 23, he also says this, six days you shall do your work, but on the seventh day you shall rest, so that your ox and your donkey may have relief, and your homeborn slave and the resident alien may be refreshed. 
So the Sabbath wasn't just for the people of Israel, it was for their livestock and their workers and their neighbors. This was a day that everyone in the household got to rest. Everyone could take a break. Even the animals got a day to slow down and refresh and be ready for the next week. Because God knew that this sort of rhythm was necessary for the long-term health of his people and all that they had. Then in Exodus 31, God gives a third reason. He says that keeping the Sabbath will be a sign of his covenant with his people. You shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, given in order that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it shall be cut off from the people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, holy to the Lord. Therefore, the Israelites shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a perpetual covenant. It's a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days the Lord made the heaven and the earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So again, God is mentioning his own act of creation as a model for how we are to be, but he also designates this as one of the things, the marks, that will make his people distinctive. Keeping the Sabbath is going to set them apart from other nations because where everyone else around them labors day in and day out, striving to make a life solely on their own effort, the Israelites were to build in a day to remember the Lord and to honor their full dependence on this God. To the point that not keeping the Sabbath meant death or exile. Did you catch that? (laughs) It may sound like arbitrary punishment, but actually it's a lot deeper than that. Because to violate the Sabbath was like a breach of trust, right? A vote for your own self-sufficiency. It says, my need to work on this day to accomplish my tasks and my goals is more important than setting aside this day and trusting that God has all things in hand. That was a possibility for every one of God's people, but it wasn't the way of his covenant community, which brings us to a reason that he gives in Leviticus 23. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of complete rest, a holy convocation. You shall do no work. It is a Sabbath to the Lord throughout your settlements. So this Sabbath, he says, is a day for holy convocation, which we could also translate sacred assembly. It was a day for communal worship. So they would come together, just like we are doing now, to pray and to offer sacrifices and to hear again the stories of their ancestors and their God. And simply to be in relationship, because God knows no matter how hard we work on our own throughout the week, we need other people, right? And we need to be reminded over and over again of his faithfulness to us. We need to hear these stories. So Sabbath was set aside, not just for rest, but also as a day to worship and to worship together. And then lastly, we come to a passage in Deuteronomy, which is where Moses is with the Israelites on the edge of the promised land, And he is repeating all that God has taught them. And so in chapter 5, we get what is essentially a second rendition of the Ten Commandments as Moses is repeating this to the people. But notice here how the reason for the Sabbath is going to be slightly different. It says this, Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, 
as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember, remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Did you catch the difference? The first time we hear this commandment in Exodus, the reason for the Sabbath was God's pattern of creation. But here, it's a reminder of their freedom from slavery. You were once slaves in Egypt, God said. You were forced to work every day of the week, whether you liked it or not. It was not a choice, but I brought you out, and now you are free. Now all people, even your slaves that you've come to have over these 40 years in the wilderness, everyone gets a holy day of rest because we are not like that. God is teaching them that humans are not designed to run like machines. We were created with limits. We need rest. So the Sabbath wasn't just a commandment for the Israelites. It was a gift. It was set apart to remind them of their freedom and to keep the people healthy and whole and connected to God, to their saving God, who says, I don't demand constant effort from you in order to be pleased. I have already saved you. Work and do your work and tend for your families and all of those things, but take a day of rest to remember that I am the one that brought you out of Egypt and that now you are free and your life can be different. It was a gift, and it's still a gift, but it's one that I think many of us today as Christians have a hard time accepting. Because when was the last time that you took a full day of Sabbath rest? Can you even remember it where you put away your work and you set down your phone and you ignored the laundry and all the dishes that are in the sink that needed to get done and you just took a day and you made space to play and to rest and to worship and to be in relationship with no other distractions and no hurry, no timeline? Or what about even an hour a full hour that you got to set aside and just dedicate for uninterrupted rest and time with God and being refreshed spiritually and physically. I mean, some of us, I know, we do have that pattern, that practice, that intentional setting aside of that time, and that's wonderful. But for many of us, I think the best we do is long for it. Right? And I will fully admit that this is me sometimes. When I am at my best, I can carve out a Saturday or a Sunday to just slow down and pray and refill in the ways that I need. But when I'm feeling swamped and I'm not getting enough sleep and it feels like there's a laundry list of things that I'm responsible to get done, the Sabbath will often be the first thing to go, right? Because <laughs> I start to believe those subconscious lies in the back of my mind that everything rests on my shoulders and that the worst thing I could do is disappoint someone by saying no to an invitation or a request or disappoint myself 
by not living up to some misguided expectations of what I should be able to get done in a week? What is it for you that keeps you going at that kind of frantic pace where it feels like there's just no time to take a Sabbath? Because I imagine all of us could look at our calendars and come up with a list of things that consume the hours in our day. You know, maybe it's work, or maybe it's our kids, or other family obligations. Maybe it's school, or social events, or travel, or maybe hours of mindless TV on in the background or constantly looking at our phones, right? Most of these, again, are not bad things. They are part of living a full and rich life and they are providing for the needs of our family. They are good things. And some of us even engage in ministry and service-related activities, right? We are doing the work that we feel God has called us to. But even those good things and that good work can be a trap for us when we're not aware of our limits and our God-given need for rest. And I can tell this is a problem by how often I ask someone how they're doing, and the response I get is, busy, yes, I'm busy, (laughs) right? We all know this. I've said this more times than I care to count. How was your week? Oh, it's really busy. I've got a lot going on, right? And we say it because it's true. Often we've filled our calendars, and we can hear the hint of desperation in that response that says, good God, please give me rest. (laughs) But... I think there can also be a slight bit of pride in that response as well that we've come to associate with saying that we're busy. Because if I'm busy, it means that I'm active and I'm working hard and I must be pretty important to have all these different things on my plate, right? But that sort of line of thinking always drives me back to this quote that I love by Brene Brown, um, who is a researcher who studies shame and vulnerability. And she wrote a book called The Gift of Imperfection. She says, if we want to live a wholehearted life, we have to become intentional about cultivating sleep and play and about letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. I'm going to read that again. If we want to live a wholehearted life, we have to become intentional about cultivating sleep and play and about letting go of exhaustion as a status symbol and productivity as self-worth. In other words, we have to stop defining our value by how many things we can accomplish, good or not. That could be the number of work projects that you have to finish by the end of a quarter. It could be how many play dates you arrange or how many club sports you get into. It could be how many people you visit or how many workouts you've managed to do in a week if you're that kind of person could be the number of papers that you grade or the number of patients that you see or the number of likes that you get on your Instagram posts, right? Anytime we measure the success of our life by these things, that is simply our ego talking and telling ourselves that we can accomplish all of these things all the time without taking the time for rest. That is idolatry. That is us trying to play God with our own lives and not honoring our God-given limits. Right? And I'm as guilty of it as anyone else. But even Jesus, who was God in the flesh, took time for himself. And he reminded the religious leaders that the Sabbath was made for the benefit of mankind, not to be a shackle, but because it was something that we needed. It was so that we could connect 
with the one who is the Lord of the Sabbath. And all of the reasons that God gave to the Israelites early on in the Torah, they still apply, right? We honor God's pattern of work and rest when we allow ourselves and our families to take a break each week. And we can identify ourselves in the world as God's radically different people by saying no and by setting aside a day simply for worship and relationship. And we get to be reminded on the Sabbath that we are no one's slaves, not even to ourselves or our own expectations. Right? We get to rest and to play and worship as a rhythm in our life. It's God's gift to us. And I realize that this is hard because nothing in our culture supports us stopping for a day, right? Our family demands even don't always make it easy. And it does take intentionality and it takes some preparation. But it doesn't have to be a chore. It can simply be a practice that we learn to cultivate that can help define who we are. There's a story that I wanted to share with you from Pastor Barbara Brown Taylor in her memoir of a boy that she knew in high school. His name was Daniel. And Daniel was a star player on their high school basketball team, but he was also a Jew. So anytime that there were Friday night games, he was not there. Um, he was at home because Jews still practice the Shabbat from Friday evening to Saturday evening. And one night, she writes that a friend was there asking Daniel if it just killed him to have to sit at home while the rest of his team was getting slaughtered in their high school gym on Friday nights. <laughs> but Daniel said, no one makes me do this. I'm a Jew, and Jews observe the Sabbath. <laughs> And Taylor writes, six days a week, he said he loved nothing more than playing basketball, and he gladly gave all he had to the game. On the seventh day, he loved being a Jew more than he loved playing basketball, and he just as gladly gave all he had to the Sabbath. Sure, he felt a tug, but that was the whole point. Sabbath was his chance to remember what was really real. Sabbath wasn't a burden for him any more than it was a private day off that he could take or leave. Sabbath was who he was. It was his stake in the ongoing life of his community, one set day each week when he entered into communion with God and his neighbor. As much as I love the Druid Hills Red Devils, she says, even I could see that there was no contest. Right? Daniel was someone who recognized that this rhythm of rest that his people and his family had was a gift and that it was holy, that it was sacred time with God and it was more important than all the other things. And God still promises that we can enter that rest. And in fact, he invites us to. This is one of the reasons I love our passage from John 15, 5 so much and why we are using it and we're gonna keep hearing it throughout the summer as we talk about spiritual practices because it reminds us that even though we spend so much of our lives and our time doing work, our main purpose as God's people is simply to abide, to remain, to rest in him, to be reminded that we are fully dependent on our creator. Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. We can't bear any good fruit without staying connected to that source, and that is what keeping the Sabbath is all about, right? A time of being in the presence of God rather than doing. 
So I don't know what your upcoming weeks or months look like. You may have plenty of time on your hands uh, or feel like you have no time at all. But if I can give any encouragement this morning, I want to encourage you to take a, a step out in faith and slow down and take a day of Sabbath. Psalm 34 says, taste and see that the Lord is good, right? Just taste and see. Try it out. And if you're not sure how, I want to end with just a few quick suggestions for what that Sabbath time might look like. The most important of these things is to make some time to spend with God. Right? This could be a block of time in solitude and silence, challenging as that is for us, <laughs> or in contemplative prayer like Pastor Chris was sharing with us last week. It could be even just listening to worship music and letting it sink deep into your bones. When I take this kind of time, I like to just grab a cup of coffee, turn on some ambient music, like sit with my journal and my Bible and just pray. And every time it shocks me how much I needed it afterward. Right? It could even be coming to church to worship together. This is what we're doing. Whatever connects you to Jesus in that present moment on your Sabbath, do that. And the Sabbath is also a good time to reflect on your week that you've had and to take the time to put it to rest. Walk through the things that happened, almost like a prayer of examine. What did you do? What are you grateful for? What was really challenging that you're still struggling with or holding on to? And notice especially when it was in your week that you were mindful of God and that his presence with you and where maybe you needed to be. And then you can take all of that and intentionally hand it off to God and say, here, Lord, it's yours, and be ready and prepared to enter your next week. In fact, there's a, a New Zealand prayer book that says, what has been done has been done. What has not been done has not been done. Let it be, right? And then my next suggestion is just to take this day to personally rest and recharge. Do things that are life-giving for you. Read a book for fun. Go out and enjoy nature and God's creation. Take a nap, go for a walk or a bike ride, get a massage, go to the theater. Whatever it is that is going to be nourishing to your soul and bring you joy, take some time and do that. And anything that starts with ought or must or should or have to, like, we're just going to set those aside for the day, <laughs> right? Like, don't listen to that voice. You can also take this time to invest more deeply in your relationships. Spend some uninterrupted, key phrase, uninterrupted time with family and friends, right? Make dinner together, have a game night. Or visit someone that you haven't talked to in a while and have been meaning to catch up with. Those times are always more life-giving for me. I find that I connect with people just at the times that they need it, right? Or just at the times when I need it, when I am tuned in to that voice of God saying, maybe it's time to spend some time in this relationship. Which also brings us to the fact, as we're talking about relationships, that Sabbath is a good day to turn off your technology. I realize that it can be a blessing in many ways, but it can also suck the time and attention out of your day. Right? I can't tell you how many hours that I have wasted binge-watching TV shows or just scrolling through things on my phone or checking my email on days that I am absolutely not going to respond. Like, sometimes I do it at night as I'm going to bed, and I'm like, why did my finger just click that button? I should not be responding to emails right now. That is called a lack of boundaries. Like, <laughs> not good. But, like, our brains, like, 
don't have to be slaves to our notifications on our phone or to having a screen or background noise. And if someone can't get a hold of you for a few hours, odds are they will survive. It will be okay, right? Just be fully present with the people that are right in front of you. And my last suggestion, and this may be the hardest, especially for some of us who are hard on ourselves, remember that yes, you do have permission to slow down. You do have permission to take this time. You don't have to come up with an excuse for saying no to someone. You can just take the time for yourself as you need it. And in fact, you must, because you can't hold the world on your shoulders or be all things to all people, right? God is the one that is in charge, and he is faithful. The Israelites could have kept working for seven days straight after God brought them out of Egypt, but it didn't mean that they were created to, and neither were you. God wants to fill our cups he wants to give us space to delight in this life that he's given us for our own sake and for his. So that's our invitation and my invitation to you this week. Stay connected to the vine by keeping a Sabbath. Make time to rest so that you can find that much-needed peace in the God who loves you and who holds all things in his hand. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Let's pray. God, thank you for this incredible invitation, for this commandment that is not a burden, but a gift for the humanity that you have created. Help us to know our limits, much as everything in us and in our culture is telling us to exceed them. Turn off those voices that tell us we're not enough if we leave some things undone. Give us the courage to carve out the time that we need to be with you and to rest in your presence, to love our family and our neighbor, to not be distracted. God, it is so hard to lay these things down at your cross, even as we come to worship every week and are reminded to do so. But Lord, let that trust come from a deep place inside of ourselves that knows that we are your beloved and that you have created us not just to make a living, but to have a life, a life that is abundant and full of joy. Help us to taste and see that you are good. In Christ's name we ask. Amen.